all those things and so much more Just grab a seat in the chair or the floor Sit back, relax, recline While she drops another casual line You're tuned in to Casually Molly With Molly and Bergie all right, everybody, welcome back to the Casually Molly podcast. I'm your host, Molly Ambergie, based here in St. Louis. We interview comedians, musicians, artists, you name it, every week. And this week's guest, I'm very, very happy to have here. Uh, please welcome Paulina Combo. Hey. <laughs> I love that you were dancing. Oh, you're so welcome. How are you doing? I, I know we got to chat a little bit, but for everybody listening, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit what's going on in your life? What's happening? I'm <laughs> um, doing pretty well. I live in Kentucky right now. Yes. And we're just kind of transitioning our stuff from LA still and to Nashville. Yeah. Oh, that's ex Well, see, we were talking about, you know, casually in bloom. Uh, for those of you who are following us on Instagram, if you haven't, we'll probably drop the handle in a hot second. Ryan, you can hit it when you feel like it. And then, uh, but what I was going to say, perfect. If you're watching on YouTube at the Casually Molly podcast, we do the hashtag casually in bloom about changes you're doing this spring. But that's pretty exciting. What, uh, what inspired you to do the move to Nashville? Um, well, you know, we kind of came out here for temporarily for the mm -hmm. pandemic, which is where my family lives. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, just started enjoying it and decided to look at houses. <sighs> and then um, my fiance got permission to like work remotely with his nice. job. So in LA still. Nice. Okay. Very cool. Well, uh, Paulina, you're a very talented comedian, writer. I know that you are originally from one of my tri-state areas, Kentucky, as you said earlier, because I'm originally from Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, let's talk about your roots. What got you into, you know, you do comedy, you do writing. Did this all start in Kentucky? Because I know eventually you made your way out to L.A. Let's talk about the very beginning. What should we know? <laughs> the very beginnings? Um, yeah, I guess in Kentucky... I'm trying to think if I, I don't know if I was like a budding writer at that point. Um, yeah. It wasn't until I think after college. Um, no, I mean, it was really not until I went to grad school. Okay. And I was working at a community college and my uh, goal was to be a teacher, a community college teacher, because I had been working there for a few years. I really liked the environment. You know, I'd never really known that much about community college. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was like, hey, this is actually a pretty good option for a lot of people. And you could be really proud to go here and stuff. And I liked promoting that. And, <laughs> um, and then I think I just also took a class at Zanies. Okay. Because why not? When you're already in grad school, why not take some additional random class? And then I was like, no, I think I'm going to try this. And see yeah. how that goes. <laughs> nice. I didn't know that about you. A little while, yeah, but hey. then I decided I wanted to run out to LA and, and try to do it for real. Okay. Very cool. Um, I know speaking of being a teacher, I saw that you got a uh, chili pepper on Rate My Professor. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. that's true, yeah. Yeah, very cool. Well, I actually don't know what that means. <laughs> what is, what is, <laughs> what is a chili pepper? Well, right, my professor, you know what that is, right? It's where yes. 
college students go to find out if a professor is bad or good or or whatever and the chili pepper is the how let's see how attractive they are so it's a joke you know you're you don't really want your students to find you attractive but i guess you do feel complimented at the same time <laughs> oh my gosh i love that well, uh, great. Yeah, that, that taught me something that I didn't know. So <laughs> thank you for going through that. Uh, but speaking of going out to LA, you, um, I'm trying to think here too, you've opened for a bunch of people. Was there a specific person out there that you enjoyed working with or a show that you enjoyed working on? That's kind of how we met. I met you through working on the uh, Flappers Tech. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that too? <laughs> oh, Flappers? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they've kind of kept me busy during the pandemic. Um, I don't know. I guess I was already kind of like in the roster to do their shows. And then when the pandemic happened, um, they were they were needing people to like run tech on these mm -hmm. Zoom shows. Yeah. So I was like, well, I could probably learn how to do that, right? Because who knows? And then I was also doing like Zoom teaching kids stand up on Zoom. So I was seeing it from that end. And then I was trying to learn it from this end. And then started doing like emceeing. And so, yeah, now I have like probably two shows a week through flappers. So yeah. It's nice. It's like you, it keeps you feeling like you're doing stand up at least. Yes, absolutely. Or maybe you can do more stand up in St. Louis. I don't know, but um, yeah. We've been doing it online. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I feel like, and I'll ask you this too. Um, I think it was kind of a loaded question. I apologize. But I was like, who do you like working with? And did you like flappers? But why I say that it kind of works hand in hand, but I do agree with you on that. I've been doing shows online in here or in here in this studio, we've been doing shows, but also in St. Louis, we've been doing some live shows. A lot of people are starting to do outdoor shows mostly. Mm -hmm. And then we do have some indoor shows here at the different clubs that uh, are a little more socially distant CDC guidelines and all of that um, endeavors and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, I was about to say, how have you been enjoying doing these shows online? It's not the same. I feel like I'm, I'm kind of ready to be done with it, but I feel like there, there's a lot to be learned and that we could sort of go hybrid, you know, mm -hmm. for open mics. I think that the zoom is, is a good use of your time. You know, for what you get out of an open mic, it's usually not worth three hours, you know, to sit there and like, let's just be honest. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I understand. Supportive, but at a certain point, you're like, you have to live your life and pay your bills. Um, so I think an hour is a good investment. You can do that through Zoom. You can get your, you know, you just say your jokes out loud and do it and you might have to pay five bucks, but I don't know. It's, it's convenient, you know? Yeah. It is kind of comfortable to be sitting in your bedroom, you know, or like sitting in your living room or wherever. Like, I feel like, especially when I met you, I just put up a sheet and I had my little background for flappers up. You were, I was, she, Paulina was so funny. She goes, did you iron that sheet? It looks like, <laughs> it looks great. I was like, no, it's actually the crinkliest thing. I couldn't believe it worked as a, a green screen. I was like, oh, thank you. So I appreciate the, uh, the compliment for that. Um, but I've been reading, like I said, you have a great resume, as many people do that I interview that come on this podcast. Uh, you've opened for Ralphie May, Michael Yo, Sarah Tiana. Um, I know you ask, you know, you enjoy working at Flappers, but was there a particular stand-up act? Oh, you also were a warm-up act for Comedy Dynamics, weren't you as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did that go? Uh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. 
Oh God, that's terrifying to to be the warm act for. Um, sorry, the warm up act for like a TV special. Mm-hmm. First of all, you're not on the special, yeah. but you're supposed to get the audience ready, and like some of the audience is get, being paid to be there. Sometimes, like sometimes they give out free tickets, and sometimes they actually have to pay to fill the audience. And it's like two p.m. in the afternoon. It was. I think it might have been. No, it wasn't summer, but I feel like it was like hot and really bright outside. <laughs> yeah. And um, I was so nervous. Oh, really? Okay. Um, but um, we did two shows back to back. So I guess, you know, they can cut the footage together and stuff like that. And I felt like the second show, I was warmed up a lot better. Um, but oh my gosh, those are so scary. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, like, what's so funny is to hear you say that you get nervous because you seem like such like a calm spirit. And then I watched your stuff on YouTube and you are like hysterical. The um, YouTube video that you had on your website had this great joke about the celeb hall pass. And (laughs) yeah, I was about to say the writing was brilliant for it because it just kind of talked about like, oh yeah, I'm going to meet somebody in a coffee shop basically and be like, oh, there's the celeb. You better get on that. So do you have a certain writing style um, and whatnot that you do when it comes to the jokes that you create? I workshop with a lot of people. Um, Okay. I think that's always what I really like to do. like kind of write down an idea that you have and then just talk it through with people and let mm-hmm. them give you feedback and help you expand on it. Especially because if it's a, if it's a personal story, it usually doesn't make any freaking sense the first time I tell it. Cause it's all, they're like, why is there a sinkhole in your backyard? Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? And I'm like, you know, uh, <laughs> so doesn't everybody really have weird. this what <laughs> very I love it <laughs> so that's really good to work out with with other people um and that's when zoom has been really awesome too um I think I probably do this like dang once or twice a week with people like just go over jokes um because open mics are good but you don't usually give each other feedback right mm-hmm, like it's right. kind of rude actually like to, to do that unless somebody asked you what you thought. Um, <laughs> I, I like these things that have the built-in feedback where um, the whole time you're talking or telling your jokes, the other people are typing ideas for you. Yes. I like mm-hmm. that. Very, very no cool. Um, I like, especially when it comes to your writing, even though you've been writing jokes, I've also seen that you've got some great nonfiction essays have been published in different places like the Washington Post. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into uh, writing some essays? It was through storytelling shows. Okay. Um, have you ever done one of those? Um, so I have, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've only done a couple, but I'm sure that you are probably much more of an expert on that than I am. <laughs> so. Well, people do them a lot different ways. Like there's the moth um, and there's things like that. But um, this lady, Melanie Vare, like moved to Nashville from LA and started Mm -hmm. this storytelling show and kind of like took all these people under her wing and basically like taught them if if they were interested. And so I was one of the people and, you know, every month she put on a different storytelling show with a different theme. And so if you wanted to write something and submit it to her. And so that was a really good um, motivation, I guess. 
um, to keep being a part of the show. And then other people started having their own storytelling shows and it really grew. And I don't know what's there still in Nashville, but I think there's a few. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And I tried to get on the moth four times and <laughs> never got picked. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> but do you have any idea how stressful it is to sit through that whole show, like hoping to get picked, wondering, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know. Am I about to go up? Am I, do I need to tell this story? Yeah, no, I trust me. I haven't been obviously in that specific situation, but I was a theater major and just like auditioning. And then when you, especially when I would audition for musicals, like you would have like the cattle call of all the dancers and it's like, oh my God, are they, did they see me? Did they, did I, you know, dance a certain way? And then you keep going through and through. And then finally, it's just like the four, you're like in the final four and you're like, am I going to be in that final two in the end? And then when you do the same like auditions over and over again, and then you don't get in, you're like, this is so stressful. (laughs) I am so stressed out about this. So I 1000% can relate and understand that. Uh, But was there a specific, like you have a few mentioned here, like there was something that I read, the award-winning anthology, that time of the month, Nashville edition. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? That sounded hilarious already. I'm very intrigued. (laughs) That was the show I was was talking about. It was called That Time of the Month. Get Out. Okay. Yeah. How did that, so so, yeah, how did that work? (laughs) Well, the idea was that it was all female performers and then one token male. So, you know, that time of the month is kind of a female reference. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we ended up, there was like this loyal male following as well. Like, <laughs> yeah, such, such good sports about it. And knowing there's only one open slot for a man each month. Like <laughs> we had so many funny guys uh, <laughs> submitting. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, that was really fun. Oh, but you're, you're asking about the book, I guess. So... Mm-hmm. Um, when Melanie had lived in LA still, she put um, together a bunch of her f- favorite essays from the show and published it. And um, and there was like, you know, famous people that you probably would recognize in it because it was LA. Mm-hmm. And then so when she came to Nashville, we were like, do one for us. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So did, but what I didn't know is that she entered it into all these um festivals and stuff and it won a bunch of awards wow oh very yeah. cool i i love it's that my very first essay that i ever did isn't that wow. crazy yes that's nuts and then you're just Sorry like wow <laughs> i love that that is i mean that's what i'm saying you seem like such an accomplished like what i love about you too is how humble you are like you're just sitting here and you're like yeah that was one of my first essays and like that was really cool and like this happened and i'm like that is that's major and i i mean it seems like you have also kind of uh crossed into voiceover work as well why don't you tell us a little bit about that i noticed you had a web series ruby ray king that was just stuff that we did with friends okay Um, like kind of through Nashville comedy, mm-hmm. it was a small enough scene that um, like everybody sort of knew each other through improv or, you know, whatever it might be, improv, stand up, what are the other things that you might do, like video production type sure. people, sketch. And so we did sort of like cross over and, and work with each other on stuff. Oh, and then there was um, animation. Oh, so there was a guy cool. who did cartoons and had a bunch of comedians do the voices on those. Uh, and he's still, he's still doing those. 
very, very cool. No, I just was like, oh, this is quite interesting. And obviously I learned about what the chili pepper was. Um, <laughs> what? I would love to get voiceover work. I don't, I don't even know how to do legit stuff. I think you have to have a really great setup at home and to be able to send in your auditions, which oh, I would totally. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> but you're also, like I said, you're still developing great things. Um, let's talk about your storytelling workshop for the Claire Foundation in Santa Monica. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? That seemed really awesome. Oh my God. Yeah. That was seriously intense. Um, it was, um, I don't know. I was just kind of coming to terms, I guess, with the fact that I, I had a lot of people in my life and my family with addiction and it was, causing me to attract other people into my life with addiction and you know, yeah, <laughs> that whole Al-Anon thing, if you're familiar. So mm -hmm. as a way of trying to like figure that stuff out, um, I put together this workshop for storytelling for this rehab center. And so it was a free rehab center, um, that like low income people can go to, and it's at the beach at Santa Monica. So you're thinking like passages Malibu is like 60 grand a month where you can, an actual real person can go to this Claire Foundation rehab. Um, so I kind of pitched them this workshop. They were like, yes, please, we need group activities. And for whatever reason, they put me in a men's group, okay. which, you know, like everything I did, I was just like, I like to be around like female comedians and female writers and female mm -hmm. storytellers. It's just like, no, we're going to stick you in this room with 25 men and you have to figure it out. <laughs> right. Just um, do it. <laughs> and it was eight weeks because that's how long um, rehab lasts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, no matter when they started or when they came in, if they finished the whole program, they would get all eight weeks of it. Yeah. And so like each week we would focus on a different element um, but it was meant to, to help them tell their stories and figure out why they did certain things or why they had certain reactions, right? Because mm -hmm. once you figure out how you react to things, you can kind of change that, right. I guess. Mm -hmm. um, so it was super powerful. Like there was a couple of times that guys got into fights um, and I was supposed to have always like a helper with me and they were really understaffed. So it was just me usually and i would have to um de-escalate the situation sure yeah mm -hmm. so um that was pretty intense so i don't know i learned a lot i don't know for sure if i would want to do that again because mm -hmm. it was intense yeah no especially when you're in a different environment and you're trying to like i mean I, doing something like that is just i mean it's a beautiful thing that you did that but you, you know, there's just different personalities that maybe you haven't been used to before and like different situations, like you said, like fights or anything, you maybe like have an experience. I, I got to work with a really cool program here called Prison Performing Arts. And it was, uh, when, especially when I was heavily involved in theater, I had a really beautiful experience, experiences of being able to go to the detention centers, both for, you know, underage and then, you know, for adults, both men and women. And, you know, you really have to enter spaces like that with respect, which I'm sure you, you do. And there were many times where I would be like, you know, what if I, I can't relate or I can't understand, but 
I'm sure, you know, having somebody as lovely as you walk in and have that experience for eight weeks for people who are struggling, you used your art and your comedy and your storytelling to touch somebody's life like that. Uh, and I noticed you do that a lot. There was actually on your Instagram, because I was obviously stalking you before this. And <laughs> too, girl, uh, oh, worry. yeah, don't worry, just equally stalking each other. Welcome to 2021. Um, there was a a young, I don't know if he was a boy, like a young man that you were teaching. Um, was that also comedy related? Or is that something you just like to teach on the side as well? Uh Cam? You might talk, you're talking about my brother, Cam. Yeah. Oh, that was your brother? He's adorable. <laughs> yeah. There's a 21-year age gap. So oh, usually get out. Think he's a child or, you know. <laughs> yeah. I just was like, oh, my God, she's teaching people. This is lovely. But that I, I relate to that because all of my siblings are about 14 to 20 years older than me. So I was like, do you just tutor on the side? You're like, oh, no, that's my brother. <laughs> <laughs> I probably should be, and I've been like thinking, oh, you know, should I be tutoring people while, you know, parents are having to work and their kids are staying at home? But yeah, I did not, I didn't know, I didn't know what to be. These <laughs> <laughs> kids are like little virus carriers or something. I was trying to be careful. I didn't want to get cam sick because yeah. people with Down syndrome are immunocompromised. I think yes. it's the word. Yeah. Well, that, oh, well, see, you know, that makes sense too. That's actually another mm -hmm. question for the pandemic, obviously. Did you and your family just stay all together under one roof and did you kind of connect with each other? How did that work out for you when you moved back? Yeah, I think um, my family did kind of create a bubble. Um, we did quarantine for two weeks when I first got here, which was really hard. You know, it was super duper hard because we were all freaking out and scared and didn't know what was going on. Mm -hmm. But um, I was very, very fortunate to own a house already here. I remember and that now. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had it set up for Airbnb. And so I basically just canceled my reservations and was like, I live here now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't blame so you. I'm sorry to the people who want to <laughs> visit. <laughs> I know the people that were watching this episode because they wanted that Airbnb at the house. I know you're probably just gonna turn it off right now because you can't stay there in <laughs> Kentucky, but totally fine, it's okay. No, you'll be able to come back at some point. Uh, but there was, now that I learned, I, he was adorable though. I was like, who is this young student? But hello, shout out to Paulina's brother. <laughs> and so, uh, but there is something I read to you, laughter on call. It was saying that you were matching comedians with people who have memory loss. Why don't you tell us a mm -hmm. little bit about that? That seemed like a very interesting concept. Yes. Okay. I didn't get to, to work with them for very long because um, just a few months after I started working with people, uh, is when COVID happened and the nursing home I was working at actually had several deaths. It was super duper scary. Oh, um, wow. Some of the earliest cases in Los Angeles. Um, but basically the premise is um, there's comedians who need work, right? And then mm -hmm. there's old people who need company. <laughs> and so they, yes. they match them together and you, you're not performing to them the whole time. You're really just hanging out with them, helping them um, with whatever they need. I actually went to Sizzler with one guy. It was amazing. We ate at a buffet together. It was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I helped, him, I helped him pick out his outfits. Um, but yeah, the people have memory loss. They have Alzheimer's dementia. 
which is something I'm very, have a lot of experience with um, because I grew up in a nursing home, which you might've seen. Mm -hmm. I did another podcast about that topic. Yeah. Um, and then I also worked with um, some elderly people myself um, in LA is like, kind of like more like an assistant. That's mm -hmm. what they call it. In yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yes. So did that answer your question about laughter on call? Yeah. I just thought it was really cool. Like I said, yeah, well that, I think that's a great, I mean, I, I understand because I, had a great aunt who was like my grandmother to me and she ended up getting Alzheimer's. So we mm -hmm. would have to go to the nursing home a lot for that. And kind of uh, when you're doing like, you know, I was in dance and I did piano and all these things. And one of my community service activities for honor society in the eighth grade, we had to get like 20 hours of, you know, what you can do in the eighth grade. And the nursing home up the street from us where my aunt was, would have me play the piano for the residents. So it was so fun because they had this cute little soda shop on the side. I don't know if it's still there, but it was like, I would play and all these people would be sitting, eat, like drinking their little sodas and chatting. And it was, it was really cute because they matched like an artist, like this like little eighth grader with, you know, some, you know, people who maybe they don't have family here and whatnot. So I think it's again, a really beautiful thing that you did that. But, you know, you do all this great community service work. You, you also, I read, happen to have a two to two roast battle record. Did you do any of that work in the, in the nursing home as well? Or is that just something we keep in the uh, the comedy club at the comedy store? That's so funny. Yes, I, I keep, most people would probably not post that record uh -huh. on their profile. And I'm very proud of that, of, of having two wins. Like, yeah. look at me. Like, you're ta you've talked to me now for a few minutes. I don't want to be mean to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. Same here. But you never know. The nicest people, I tell you what, they're nice on, you know, off stage. You're lovely. And then I'm sure you go on stage and you're ready to rip them out. And I really respect that. What got you into roast battle? <laughs> it's so fun. I just... I love the idea that you have to write all these jokes for this one person. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, Spark Paper, isn't he? Close oh, oh yeah. Spark and I are friends. Yeah. I've been on his shows. He's been on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I did his his um, roast toast yeah. joke mm -hmm. or thing um, <laughs> twice during the pandemic. Um, and lost both of those and had a wonderful time. I was just like, I don't want to be mean. I don't, right. don't want to be mean. <laughs> right. I don't blame you because at first you're like, oh, I don't know. I think it, you know, but I do like those kind of shows with I'm sure it's a challenge, right? To be able to be like, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm like, why would I want to be mean to somebody? That doesn't feel good. But then like once you kind of get into it, I'm sure you're probably like, all right, that was okay. <laughs> So very cool. I love that. I mean, I'm sure that was one heck of an experience to say the least. So, <laughs> okay. So the, the roast too was a lot of it was, I really respected all of these people who were going up and, and doing this. I love to watch mm -hmm. the roast. Um, and I, I think I'm like a mean joke writer and then I say something mean and people are like, doesn't sound right coming out of you. I'm like, no, I can be mean. Um, but you'll feel like I complimented you, but I'm going to be mean to you. Yeah. But it was always about getting the respect of the person I was roasting. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and 
I'll tell you what I think gets your respect. Don't, don't go for like the most obvious thing. Like if a person's, um, overweight, don't do all fat jokes. Like all they've ever heard is fat jokes. Like tell them something that is actually gonna sting because mm-hmm. they're going to respect that. Like, like, don't call me a redneck. Like <laughs> I've heard that a million times. I get it. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Say something about how I'm old on TikTok. That's what's going to hurt me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, figure out what is actually, that's what, that's what they're going to respect. Don't just yes. go for the obvious. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I That's completely gonna agree. It's going to get you laughs if you tell that bad jokes, but it's not going to get you the respect. Yes. Oh, that's great <laughs> advice. That's a clip I'm definitely going to use for this promo if anybody's uh, curious on that. But that that that's really good advice, actually. Um, yeah, I'm really impressed by that. <laughs> I know I keep saying that, but I, I don't even know where to go from that. But speaking of getting respect, we were talking about... Uh, earlier how you were a writer you have a book that you have i mean it's on amazon both on paperback and kindle mm-hmm. why don't you tell us a little bit about that i have a lot of respect for you for that that's awesome yeah so i don't know like i've been a right a writer for a long time and i've i've published some things like you said i had a few essays in the washington post i've done like mm-hmm. some satirical things but you know like stand up you feel like you have nothing to show for it. <laughs> right. You know, you're like, that one person knows that I'm funny because they were there. Yeah, but, exactly. Um, I was like, man, I really want like a book or something to just like hold. Um, and then I was just like looking more and more into this Amazon thing. And I'm like, I've always looked down kind of on this like self-publishing. Like, what is this? I don't understand. You have to have these boxes of books in your car, in your trunk. I don't want to do that, yeah. but that's not what it is at all. Like <laughs> you just, um, you like submit your manuscript basically, and then you can just order copies from them and they print them on demand. It's amazing. Yes. No, I was, uh, why I go, oh, sorry. Go ahead. You were saying something. This is the one thing about no. zoom. Sometimes I'm like, hello, <laughs> but go ahead. No, that was like basically the process of why did you write a book? Um, it was made up of a lot of the stuff that I I came up with for the kids in the stand-up um, comedy class. Mm-hmm. And I was like, let me just compile this and, and make some cool designs. And so it's kind of like a, um, a joke writing book, but it looks like a coloring book. And I don't know. I feel like that's something that'd be fun to take with you to, to open mics and to work, to write through when you're sitting there for three hours. <laughs> yeah, right. When you're sitting there for that long time, you know, that's another Ooh. thing too. I, well, why don't you first, before I say anything, why don't you tell us the title of the book as well and then where we can find it? Well, it's called 101 Funny Writing Prompts. There you go. Perfect. Which is based on SEO and just hoping that people will find it if they're looking for something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I want to read it. I'm very excited. I'll probably order it after this episode. But, you know, you were talking about open mics, especially in L.A. Jimmy and I, uh, Jimmy's my boyfriend, we went to L.A. right before the pandemic hit. And we were there in February 2020 for a week. And we went to the Ice House, which was like about a three-hour long mic. And it was a bucket mic. Uh, I didn't get up on it, but he was able and he went up. And then we went to a few other mics as well. And then we did a show through a friend of mine who produces them at Fourth Wall, uh, Fourth Mm -hmm. Wall Cafe. Yeah. So that was really cool. 
But I was about to say, you know, an open mic experience, right? You've got like, like we had a knight show up one time in shining armor to helium. Does there an open mic? I mean, you've done plenty of shows obviously since then, but have you ever had a crazy open mic experience being out in Los Angeles <laughs> that uh, has, you know, <laughs> come to mind as I asked that question? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I think that's why I was like, we should do more of a hybrid kind of, you know, this kind of that, because at open mics, anything can happen. Celebrities can drop in. Mm -hmm. um, that happened all the time. I, before the pandemic, I was hosting a weekly mic at HaHa -Ha Comedy Club. Yeah. And so sometimes we did have some either like famous comedians or like oh, sure. famous or Utah, you know, like yeah. you never know. You never I would know. always go and, mm -hmm. and tag people and they might have 3 million followers. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. They weren't funny, but okay. No. <laughs> um, no, absolutely not. So supportive. But yeah, we had some funny shenanigans. And then sometimes we would have to have the open mic outside in the outdoor space. Mm -hmm. And uh, like planes were flying over the whole time and ambulance going by and, uh, Good times, right? <laughs> or no, actually the craziest, oh my God. Okay, so here's one of my favorite craziest things. Um, in Hollywood, there was an open mic in the upstairs of the Hooters. And I, that was one that I tried to go to a lot. It was just so much fun. And it was like mm -hmm. a bucket thing. And even when I was like online dating with guys, I would be like, come meet me at this thing and that'll be our date. And then get him to like buy us some chicken wings, you know? Yes. <laughs> Work it to your um, advantage. Yeah. <laughs> but since it was Hollywood Boulevard, like sometimes the characters, the people that dress up would come and do comedy. And one of the regulars was the Joker, like the Heath Ledger Joker, very intense. <laughs> he was there almost every week. Um, but for, for whatever reason, Hooters wasn't going to let them do the show anymore. So on the very last week there, just a regular open mic and Bill Burr came and did a set, literally nice. just walking by and they were like, Bill Burr, come and do some stand-up. And he was like, sure. That is awesome. <laughs> that's what I love about open mics is because like, I mean, I love, that's what I kind of miss about open mics being as, you know, rampant as they were, because sometimes even like, as you mentioned, like doing the open mic in the upstairs of a Hooters or, you know, like do, I, those are probably my favorite mics. Cause I feel like I get a lot out that I'm like, all right, this could be kind of word vomit. This could be like diarrhea of the mouth, but I'm going to get it out. I'm going to learn. And those are the best audiences too, in a sense. Cause you're like, what grabbed their attention? Because the, you know, you really have to compete cause you're in a certain place. But I love that Bill Burr was like, cool. I'm just going to go. That That's amazing. I do love the Joker that was there too. Um, that <laughs> I'm just laughing. I'm thinking, did he come in costume? Like, was he in costume as the, oh, wow. Oh my gosh. So yeah. he didn't even change like face makeup and everything. Yeah. The, the more I got to know him, I don't even think he took pictures with people. I think that's just his identity was the Joker. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh man. That is okay. I, I, I just thought it was just like, oh, you took pictures, but you know what? Hey, to each their own, <laughs> which yep. speaking of, you were talking about earlier, you know, our theme this, you know, this season is talking about like casually in bloom again, you know, having goals for this upcoming spring. You said you have some goals on the horizon. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Okay. So I, I did the, uh, I self-published the writing prompt book 
And I kind of just was just like, I'm just going to do this and learn as I go and make the mistakes. And that was one of the things I learned is that you can always fix your problems in self-publishing. So that's a nice thing. But um, I basically did everything wrong <laughs> in my first book. Uh, so my goal for May is to write one, maybe two more, and for okay. them to be more kid-centered. Because I've had a lot of people asking me for kid-friendlier ones. Okay. Well, you're great with they that. Weren't like, yeah, they weren't like dirty before, but I don't know. Some of the topics were like death or dating, and you know, you might not want your five-year-old or six-year-old <laughs> asking you about that. I don't know, but... Um, yeah, so that's my goal. Um, I'm not working on articles or anything this month. Like I'm just going to focus on those. Yes. I like that. I'm, well, I'm excited. I'll read the other one and then maybe I'll check out some of the kid friendly ones. If there's some coloring in there, I'll do that too. Um, what I was going to ask you, you know, like I said, you've got all of this stuff going on. What's your secret, Paulina? How do you balance it all? <laughs> How do you make it all work? My secret, um, Okay, so I have two things that I've, I've been using. <laughs> Maybe they'll be my secrets. Um, so let's see, my writing group in the morning, I really should be doing it a little bit early, but because I'm central time, it doesn't quite work out. But um, mm -hmm. with some of my friends, we've all kind of been displaced all over the country. And so we started, we started doing a accountability call every morning. So we do basically a Zoom call five or six of us total. Um, and then we write for an hour. Actually, we just sit and talk and we like drink coffee and chat for a little while. And then we say what our goal is for the hour. And then we write and then we come back and we say, what did you actually get done? <laughs> <laughs> we do it every single day. And then if you have to miss, you have to miss, but, uh, it's, it's helped me get a lot of stuff done because it's kind of the start to my day, you know, mm -hmm. that's one secret. Um, the other secret is, it's not magic mushrooms, but it is mushrooms and it's called lion's mane. And it's, okay. uh, it's like for focus and it's a vitamin. Oh, yeah. Okay. Very cool. Okay. Where so do you I don't get know this? If, <laughs> I order them on Amazon. Okay. I'll have to look into that. What got you what? Like, how did you find out about that? Uh, another of my female writing group people, like we're always telling people about things and, and she was just like, Hey, I took some lion's mane and, and made this awesome spreadsheet. And I want to share it with you. And we're all like, tell us more about the lion's mane, <laughs> but thanks for the spreadsheet. <laughs> and so now we're all taking it. <laughs> I love that. We're like priorities, like thanks for the spreadsheet organization <laughs> is like, that's the best part. I'm like, what's your secret keeping? Cause the reason why I asked that, cause I know it sounds like such a cheesy like question. You're like, what's your secret? Like, how do you get have such good skin? What? But for real, I, that is one thing I've been like kind of struggling with is balancing everything. Like even with this podcast, I usually do it weekly. I've been doing it every other week because I've been moving. I've been doing all this stuff. And, you know, you can have as many spreadsheets as you want. Trust me on that. I've got a few. I've got a color-coded planner. But, you know, I got to add this lion's mane into it now. I'm impressed. <laughs> I was like, I can get focused. This is going to be great. So that's, that's a great advice, which, you know, you've given a lot. Like I loved your roast battle advice. Uh, but you know, also the lion's mane, of course, but you know, for somebody who is maybe watching this or listening to this, obviously, thank you. What kind of advice or piece of, you know, tidbit information would you want to tell either your younger self or somebody now or anything that could kind of maybe relate to 
somebody that wants to do either writing or, you know, doing comedy or doing a self-publishing, anything that you can think of that would be a nice way to end this episode? I would say that, um, especially if you want to create and write, um, any kind of thing like that, all of your experiences are valid. Like everything that happens to you is, is going to come in handy when you're writing. <laughs> you know, remember those weird people, remember those weird conversations. <laughs> um, yeah, like literally every single weird job I've ever had, like those people that I met along the way or a character somewhere or in a joke, you know, it's, I don't know, just try to be more present if you, if you can, that's hard to do, but <laughs> yes, just observe yes. the things around you because they're going to come in handy. Yes. I always say that. I'm always like, look up, look down, look sideways, because sometimes you're going to see something. And even if you're like, I don't know how I could write that into a bit, just like put it in a notebook and then save it. Like there's so <laughs> many like premises I have that I'm like, oh, I forgot that I saw that. And now I have an idea of how I could connect it with something else. Uh, so I completely agree with you on that. And then uh, I really appreciate it. We're at the end of our episode, but I appreciate your time coming here. This has been a lovely uh, episode catching up with you. Uh, but speaking <laughs> of catching up, uh, why don't you catch us up on all the things that you are up to now these days? Is there anything that we can find you on social media? Any shows you want to plug? Casually, let us know. <laughs> Casually? Uh, yes, please check out my website, paulinacombo.me. Uh, I've started a blog and I'm trying to to get more things out there. It's it's more of a lifestyle style blog right now, but maybe I'll find my niche, you know, if more people mm. check it out and give me feedback. I don't know. Yeah, yeah we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, might as well put this stuff out there and see who else feels the same way. I like lifestyle blogs, actually. Like, I, I enjoy reading them, so I'm excited to read yours. Uh, for those of you who are listening in still, just remember that you can casually subscribe to the Casually Molly podcast. Uh, we are available on Instagram. Give us a like. Give us a shout-out. Let us know how you feel. And remember, I always forget to say this, but if you go and review on Apple Podcasts, let us know the episodes you like and maybe who you want to hear. Uh, but now that we're done, I always ask, what are you going to do now, now that our episode is casually done? Right now? Okay, so thank you for watching the clock because I just got into the conversation, but I have to switch over to hosting an open mic at Flappers. Yes. Oh, you do. Well, see, it's a great... Yeah. Um, can By the way, can anybody watch the open mic? Is there a good way to look at it each week? Occasionally we do have people do that. I think you still have to get a ticket okay. um, and there's comp tickets available every week. Okay. Um, so always go and look for that link. Just always go to flapperscomedy.com and find that that night and there should be comp tickets so you don't have to pay for it. Oh, very cool. Well, anybody, you know, if you're interested in watching the Flappers open mic, I had a really great experience working with Paulina on the show that I did with them. Uh, go and support. Yeah, especially like if any local comedy is any or local comedy in L.A. or Nashville or St. Louis, whomever, make sure that you support your local comedy clubs at this time. Uh, we really appreciate all the people who have been supporting this podcast as well. Uh, but I appreciate most importantly, my time speaking with you, Paulina, and I'll let you go to your show. But thank you for sitting down and casually chatting with me for this episode. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I can't wait to, to watch. All right. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>